Welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag, everybody. And we're going to get things going in just a minute with all of your calls, all of your emails. And don't forget, next week, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan are going to be taking over the show as it's SummerSlam week next week. But you guys are blessed with me, the entire show for today. So we're going to dive into all of your calls and emails right after this. Are you a fan of shoujo anime? Do you wish you could find a podcast that gushed about your favorite shoujo moments in film and manga? Then you need to follow the Shoujo Sunday Podcast. Hosted by Magical Girls, Gianna Luna, and Chica Supreme, Shoujo Sunday aims to review and reflect on shoujo properties that deserve more attention than what they currently receive. Listen and laugh as they use ice cream puns to talk about anime like Maidsama, Oran High School Host Club, Fruits Basket, Tokyo Mew Mew, and so much more. Follow Shoujo Sunday on your preferred podcast platform and across social media. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. Says I just your ass. This is my You're gonna acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast, everybody. It is Wednesday, July 20th, 2022, and we are gonna get things going in just a minute with all of your calls and emails and voicemails. And interested to hear what you guys have to say this week. I'm trying to get this out on time. I uh, did mention in my previous show that I might get this out on Thursdays, but I'm ahead of schedule. I'm working from home today, so it may not always happen this way, but uh, certainly I'm going to make my best effort. And, you know, uh, not actually, there's not a ton today. There's not a, a ton of emails and, and voicemails, but uh, let's dive in here and let's get to uh, Grim. Grim Reefer, he writes in and says, I'll keep it short this week. Was Raw really TV 14 or was I expecting a bloodbath and a load of F-bombs? So TV-14 is not official yet. TV-14 is something that is still being internally discussed in WWE. It is not official in any capacity yet. My assumption is that WWE will be implementing it post-SummerSlam. If I was WWE, I would want a decision made by SummerSlam because I think that at SummerSlam, you'd want to run a, a many, I think, more than just one ad package to promote TV 14 or at least some major announcement that it's going TV 14 at SummerSlam when you have a ton of eyeballs on the product, why not do it then and get people pumped and excited? So I think that they'll announce it at SummerSlam and then the actual implementation of TV 14 will follow very shortly thereafter. Uh, so, okay. Drew working his way through the brawling brutes to get at Sheamus is like an old video game where you work up to the final boss. I think they will drag this out to SummerSlam or after, so no Sheamus versus Drew next week. His opponent will probably be a sushi a sushi chef or a pumped-up janitor. Well, that's a good analogy. That's kind of the... A lot of times, that's the way it works, though. You have the henchmen, and they you, you have to destroy the henchmen in uh, in the order of importance, right? That's that's the way that a lot of movies, not just video games, but the movies work. Like you have to get to the the lower kind of peon guys, then you work up to the mid-range, and then you get to like their personal bodyguards, and then you eventually get to that person. It's kind of the same thing here. I think that it's going to be a match at SummerSlam. I think it's going to be a match at SummerSlam that Sheamus is forced to be in. Why he, why that for some reason Sheamus has to force himself into this match instead of like just grasping at this opportunity to be in the main event of uh, Clash at the Castle? Like, why is he stalling? What's he waiting for? Like, why not grab this opportunity? But I think he'll be quote unquote forced to be in a match with Drew or he will forfeit his opportunity at SummerSlam. So that's what I think. Uh, let's see. The best rivalry at the moment is Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan and Kanye Twitty. Much better than any storyline WWE has. Cheers for now, Grim. Well, there's a lot of rivalries going on in, in this pod, in, on this podcast. And a lot of heels floating around. A lot of people talking trash. A lot happening. I have to say, I didn't mean to create such a hostile environment. But you guys just seem to uh, want to get involved with it. And, and just uh, your, your personalities clash. But as long as it's all in good fun, I'm, I'm all good for it. I mean, like, 
as long as it doesn't actually turn serious where somebody actually gets really offended and pissed off and, you know, people start getting a little bit out of hand, I don't care what you guys do. I'm not your mom. You know, I'm not your dad. I don't really care, you know, but uh, it is fun to see some rivalries, uh, you know, in a, in a friendly way. You know, so. All right. Thanks, Grim. And let's see here. Let's get to our next patron here on the Mailbag Show and see who it is. God, I love that music. It's good stuff. Cameron Grimes. Or, sorry, Cameron Grimes. <laughs> Carmelo Hayes. I don't know where I came up with that. Carmelo Hayes. Uh, good stuff. But that is not just Carmelo Hayes' music. In fact, Carmelo Hayes adopted it from Mr. Dennis McGinley, who is here this week to talk to us. And he writes in and says, Hey, Matt, this is just a short rant from your heel of the show, Mr. Dennis McGinley. Y'all can call me whatever you like. That is your personal business as part of the show. And Matt, I can't go any, uh, I can't go any more into detail. Uh, eating, uh, I guess, calling you guys dumb nuts or hog eating dumb nuts. Uh, so y'all, I'm sorry. So all your patrons on Discord chat dissing the tag team of the Viking Raiders. I have something to tell all of you. Until. You can get in that WWE ring and wrestle like they do, as, quote, told by creative. Then I think you should ha- shouldn't should down the Viking Raiders. I think they are a good tag team, but just overrated in the WWE. One last thing. I am with Brock and a fan of his, too. It is time for a tag team, Uso and Roman, to end that champion, to end that title, whatever you want to call it. Storyline gone, has gone too far. Uh, dumb hogs i'm out talking to you next week matt i like or i think you're like what i have to say in the voicemail well I, yeah dennis i'm interested to hear what your voicemail is i'm interested that that's coming up shortly no no worries there but um yeah so now i i'm a bit neutral on the viking raiders right now how i feel about them is kind of in between i don't love them i don't think they're doing awesome but i'm on board for at least seeing where this goes given that they kind of got a bit of a refresh. But to say that, you know, we we can't have an opinion about something because we don't participate in it. I mean, th- that'd be like, OK, well, you can't ever have an opinion about baseball or football or basketball or any professional sport just because you don't participate in something. I mean, doesn't mean you can't have an opinion about it. It doesn't mean that we don't understand the what it takes to be in that or, or appreciate the effort and the time and the sacrifice it takes to get to a certain level. And we don't appreciate how hard it is to do the profession they do, but as a paying customer as a fan, I think we've earned the right to, you know, since we are the ones who are in part giving WWE the money to pay the star, right? We are essentially paying, you know, we are a contributor to the paycheck of the person who's performing. We certainly have a say we should have a say, you know, so, uh, but I, I I know what you mean, and and I haven't checked the Discord server lately, so I gotta maybe I should uh, moderate that. But thanks, Dennis. I will talk to you next week. All right. So let's see what else we got. I really don't know that. Insanely, insanely, that may be the only two emails that we have this week. But I'm double checking to make sure that uh, we don't have a straggler because there always is. Um, and I think we do. Dennis uh, Dennis O'Brien. He writes in and says. Hey, Matt, the idea of WWE going to TV 14 sounds good to me. It needs to be done. It is so behind AEW with their storylines, it's ridiculous. Vince will need to step aside. I would bet my life that other stories will break over the coming weeks about him. Some people have skeletons in their closet. He has a whole graveyard in his. I think maximum... Okay. Okay, so those first couple things. TV 14 sounds good. and I mean, I don't know if they're behind AEW. AEW just has a more tools to work with. They have a, a larger creative envelope, a larger world to to tell their story in because of the the rating. Um, but, you know, it's not that it is if WWE doesn't know how to tell stories per se. I think they just have too many writers who have too many ideas that they write for Vince and they don't write for the the actual fan. And, and, and you know, I, I've, I don't know if, again, a TV 14 is not a cure-all. If you think that uh, TV 14 is going to make everything better and all the storylines make sense and everything's coherent and there's logic and there's deep character development, 
I don't think that's going to be the case. It's just they'll they'll add some cussing. They'll add maybe a little bit of a more scandalous storyline, maybe some blood, right? But if their foundational ability to tell a story with just basic stuff that you need to tell a good story is not there, TV 14 doesn't make a difference. The TV rating won't make a difference if they don't fix the fundamental problems with their storytelling. So... Uh, okay, as far as the yeah, Vince having a whole graveyard, of course he does. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to hear what happens with Vince. I think Maximum Male Models first program will be against face a face turned Los Lotharios. It will be interesting to see how long the Maximum Model gimmick will last. I think the reason they are doing what they are doing with the McIntyre Sheamus number one contenders match by having Sheamus pull out at the last minute is to have the match at SummerSlam. Thanks, Matt. Talk soon. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, Dennis. You're right. I I agree based on you know, based on logic and and I, I did mention this earlier, but I think you're right. As far as Drew versus Sheamus at SummerSlam, that's going to be something that they're going to build to, and uh, that they're going to have the the result of that be, of course, the person who comes out of that facing Roman Reigns at Clash of uh, Clash at the Castle. As far as the Maximum Male Models first program could be easily against Los Lotharios. I mean, they, they were very dislikable, unlikable. Uh, I, I did not enjoy the kiss cam with the, the plant that the just happened to be the attractive woman that you never noticed at all until their entrance when they clearly brought an extra in from wherever that was an attractive female and would just, you know, be at the perfect place in the same part of the audience every single week for the kiss cam. It was awful. I'm not a fan of that at all. But they were good in the ring. Their, their general gimmick was okay there are these arrogant guys that are that that try to position themselves as like sex symbols but can back it up in the ring they had a you know an okay gimmick a little bit shallow but they they could build off of it and then you know if if they were to return as a baby face i wouldn't hate it to face maximum male models sure why not all right well that actually unbelievably is it for the emails for this week and, you know, hey, I'm not going to complain. You know, I'm not going to complain. I am very, very tired, but no one cares. You just want to hear my responses and hear the voices of the, of the listeners. And that's what you're going to get right now, because we are about to dive into the voicemails. I would imagine that next week and the week after things are going to heat up with SummerSlam preview and review. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. And if you guys are a first time listener or you just forgot the contact info for how to get on the show, it's in the description notes of this show. Email voicemail, all that is right in the notes of this, uh, of this particular episode. So, all right, let's dive into the voicemails and see who's up first. Hey, Matt and gang, this is CT Mike calling from Connecticut, and uh, I just wanted to run a little bit of a storyline that I came up with by you guys uh, about John Cena and bringing him back for some kind of a uh, short-term storyline. So what if John... And came into the ring and uh, started doing his promo, which he's arguably one of the top five talkers of all time, so it really doesn't matter what he might be ranting about. But the Judgment Day shows up, gets in his face, and proceeds to be a beatdown on John Cena by Finn and Damien. And lo and behold, out comes, uh, yeah, you guessed it, uh, for his return, Edge to save the day, and uh, it leads up to a tag team match with Edge and John Cena versus the Judgment Day, maybe at Survivor Series, depending how long they're going to make the storyline go, and uh, Edge and Cena end up getting the win, and all of a sudden, Edge turns on Cena, so what this does is solves the problem with Edge being out of Judgment Day, he can get back as the leader that solves that tobacco that they completely screwed up, but would also set up an event, event uh, eventually match for, say, uh, you know, maybe the Royal Rumble, or maybe they could stretch it out to WrestleMania, but John Cena versus Edge as the head of the Judgment Day. So it's kind of a win-win. It fixes the Judgment Day problem with Edge leaving abruptly for whatever reason they decided to do it and sets up a great main event with Cena versus Edge with Edge having the heat. Back to being in Judgment Day as a full-blown heel. Let me know what you think. Talk to you soon. 
Well, CT Mike, Mike from Connecticut. Good to hear from you. And boy, what a, what a storyline you just put together. I dove right into that. Like, I bought it. You, you got me hook, line, and sinker for a number of reasons. Number one, it keeps Edge heel. Well, it, it turns him babyface, but ultimately the goal is to keep him a heel. I love that. I think Edge as a heel is, in some ways, more entertaining than him as a babyface. Now, I think he's also very good as a babyface. It doesn't feel like Seth as a babyface. That always feels weird. You know, or Charlotte as a babyface. You know, there are certain people that it just doesn't, just doesn't feel right. Edge isn't one of those, but if I was to choose the edge I like, then the heel edge is so good. And I like that he would resolve the issues with the Judgment Day. He would prove to them that he is still their leader by beating them and then turn on Cena. You know, that that's, again, that's if Cena returns. That's if the Judgment Day show up, if the Judgment Day beat him down, and if Cena comes out to or rather Edge comes out to help Cena, and then if that leads to a tag team match, and if that tag team match ends up seeing the victory go to Edge and Cena, and then the Judgment Day somehow accepts him back into the group, and you know, there's a lot of ifs, of course, but this is what's fun, and it's plausible, because Edge isn't done, obviously. John Cena's not done. He's stated that many times, so this is plausible, and not just that, not, not just that it makes sense, but also the history between John Cena and Edge. If you guys are new fans, there's a lot of history between Edge and John Cena. A lot. You know, a lot. All, not, not nearly as much as uh, John Cena versus Randy Orton, per se, but certainly a lot. It, Edge was actually the one to, uh, when he first won the Money in the Bank, he won the first Money in the Bank ladder match and then won his first championship in Albany, New York, I was there in 2006 at New Year's Revolution, beating none other than John Cena after he had competed in an Elimination Chamber match and retained the WWE Championship, which by at that point was the god-awful Spinner Belt Championship that made it look just like a toy from KB Toys. But Edge was the one that started that whole program, and they worked really well. They've had some excellent matches together. They could pull on the history, and the t- the promos between those two would be so much fun. Edge versus John Cena, sign me up for WrestleMania. S- where do I sign? It, it, that, that's that's great. Good stuff, Mike. Love it. All right. Let's, uh, let's see who's next. It's Kyle from Baltimore. So I wanted to talk about Seth Rollins. He's been, what are they doing with him? That's that's my main question. Is that what is he, what, did, what is WWE doing with Seth Rollins? He goes into the beginning of the year facing Roman Reigns and it's in disqualification, and then we go back to it. Why did he even do that in the first place? And he's gonna lose it to Cody Rhodes. He has it. He had no. He was, was in a random tag match last week on Raw. So or this past week on Raw, and it's like it makes no sense. What are they doing with him? Is he ever going to? face Roman Reigns ever again and just to do that match that even if that means Reigns Reigns defeats Rollins even though I would hope that Rollins will defeat uh, Roman Reigns so um, I don't know what they plan on doing with Seth Rollins is Becky Lynch doing looks like doing something at SummerSlam with Bianca doing a rematch for the championship where is Seth Rollins in that mix why is he not facing Roman Reigns for that championship at SummerSlam why does it have to be Brock Lesnar so that's my question about Seth, but it's a Bye. Kyle, you know, it's a conundrum. It is a conundrum of criminal proportions to see Seth Rollins where he is. Now, he's not getting squashed, but the victories he gets are coming against Ezekiel, somebody that you expect to lose at this point, somebody that is kind of a half comedy act right now. And that's the only time, the only person that he's had any significant victories against. Every time Seth Rollins has a big match, he seems to lose and lose and lose and lose. What happened with Cody Rhodes? How about three, four times he lost? Uh, three, three times in a row he lost to Cody. They were going to do part four, but that'll come probably at the end of this year, early next year, maybe all the way to WrestleMania. So what are they doing with Seth Rollins? Uh, they are taking a absolute class act world-class athlete and uh doing not much of a not a whole hell of a lot is really the answer and why he's not facing roman reigns well because right now that they have drew in line right like they have clash at the castle and drew being from ireland 
and this this pro this uh, clash at the castle pay per view is overseas, not in Ireland, but uh, yeah, th- he is the overseas guy. I mean, like he has been promoting the clash at the castle event for quite some time, and uh, he even took off several weeks from WWE television. Um, uh, you know that that tells you all you need to know about where they position Drew McIntyre for uh, this coming upcoming event. I mean, it's going to be in Cardiff, Wales. I had to actually Google that because I forgot exactly where it was. So it's in Cardiff, Wales on September 3rd. I thought it was August. It's September 3rd, Clash at the Castle. And the graphic of this Clash at the Castle event has um, interesting faces on it. Now, this this uh, this art for the poster for Clash of the Castle was likely made before we knew of any injuries with Cody because Cody Rhodes' face is on it. Becky Lynch is on it. Edge is on it. Bianca Belair is on it. And Seth Rollins is on it. But the two prominent figures on this uh, this this poster art is Drew or are Drew and Roman. So there's no doubt about it's going to be Drew versus Roman for the WWE Undisputed Universal Heavyweight 24-7 Hardcore European Championship. That's what it's going to be. So that's something I'm looking forward to because I think it'll be a fun match. It's actually something you can make a case for Roman losing. It'll be a fun build. And they have avoided this matchup for quite some time. They teased it a month ago, and then they're like, nah, haha, just kidding, right? Like, it's that commercial that uh, is famously overused with uh, the guy. I think it's a Geico commercial, uh, more State Farm or something. The guy's who's holding, you know, something on a fishing line, and he's like, oh, you, you almost got it. You almost had it. It's, it's that. And that's what they've done, and they're finally going to give it to us at uh, the Clash of the Castle event in Wales, September 3rd. So that's what's happening with uh, that. And uh, what they're doing with Seth, though, is it's puzzling. I, I don't I don't know if they'll ever get back to Seth versus Roman. Oh, I know they will. But will it be for the WWE Undisputed? Will it be for the Undisputed Championship? Probably not. Even though Seth Rollins is by far and away right now the best candidate. I think right now also with Seth, they're kind of biding their time until Cody can get back into the ring and have their their part four blow off, whatever that is, whenever that is and whatever it may be. That's what they're also waiting on because they know Cody and Seth have unfinished business. So, yeah, I hear you. I hear the frustration. I am front and center on that with Seth Rollins. So, all right, Kyle, thank you. Let's uh, let's keep things rolling. Hey, Matt, it's um, <clears throat> from a fire, Kyle. Um, so I'm back on vacation. Uh, two weeks ago, I said I was going to go on vacation. That's why I wasn't on last week's mailbag. Since you were wondering where I was going, um, so basically, I live in New York, like in the suburbs of New York, like an hour hour away from New York City. And uh, basically, I know you're from upstate. I actually have a vacation home upstate at a town up there called Margaret Margaretville. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. And uh, we usually go up to, that, up to our vacation house up there like one week in a month. But this time we just had to go for a whole week because, you know, summer. <laughs> summer vacation. I don't know. Um, so that's where I was. For a whole week, um, but I've still been kept. I've still been keeping up. I call up on the wrestling and all your. I still listen to all your podcasts. I still listen to last week's mailbag that wasn't on. I've still all caught up on all that. Um, I have two questions. Um, one. Oh, by the way, next week we're all in Madison Square Garden. I am pissed. I can't go because I have to work. Because I am literally an hour away from the arena. I could just go, I can drive, take an hour drive and get there. I'm pissed. Anyway, um, so if you so this week on Raw, we got announced that next week's Raw and Master Garden is Rey Mysterio's 20th anniversary. I've heard rumors that Dominic Mysterio could turn heel on him and join Judgment Day. Do you think it's going to happen? I don't know. I think it will in this week's Raw. The whole thing happened as a swerve with Dominic, you know, Saying he's going to go in to stop them from hurting Ray, all that. So I think it will happen. My second thing, I actually thought of this the other day. I was thinking about this in my head. When the news came out that they wanted to go TV 14, you know they didn't this week. If they used to go TV 14, I thought of this. Do you think maybe they could be going TV 14? Because if they're trying to trying to eventually in the future hire MJF, since he's so savage on the mic stuff. Do you think they're trying to make a TV-14 so they can get away with MJF on their show, cutting unscripted promos? 
Anyway, my three minutes are about to be up. So thanks as always, and I'll talk to you next week. Kyle, what's going on, buddy? I hope you enjoyed your vacation in Margaretville. I know where that is. I haven't been there. I mean, it's so funny when you, when you, you know, uh, to you, that's upstate. To me, that's downstate. To me, that's like still an hour and a half, like southwest of me. <laughs> so, um, it's like when you said upstate, I'm like, oh, he's in the Adirondacks somewhere, right? Uh, but, you know, and, and if, if you say upstate to anyone outside the city, and you probably know this, Kyle, people think Westchester. You're like, you're White Plains. Oh, really? You're from White Plains, right? Because when you say from you're from New York, the automatic assumption is you're from the city. And then when you say, no, 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 I'm from upstate, they'll say, oh, right, White Plains, Newburgh. It's like, no, it, it's unbelievable. There's, there's, there's to, to people that live in New York City, I'm not saying you, Kyle, but just the general population that live in New York City, like there is nothing above Westchester. Like the rest of it's just the Adirondacks. Like the rest of it is just mountainous terrain to them. Um, and just like mountainous, uninhabited, unexplored terrain to people that live outside New York City uh, above Westchester. But uh, yeah, so it's funny. Like uh, I know where that is, uh, but it's still hour, hour and a half uh, away from me, south, southwest. Uh, but uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed yourself. And yeah, look, I mean, we have we have a, a, an anniversary show coming up, the Mysterials 20th anniversary that is coming up. I forgot to mention that. I mean, because they did build to that. They built to that. They talked about Brock Lesnar, or rather Roman Reigns, returning to Raw next week. We'll see if Brock actually is in the building as well. Um, you know, and there was something else that I can't remember. But does Dominic turn on Ray there? Well, let me just say this: if he doesn't turn there, he never turns, because the stage is set. the The uh, Judgment Day said, "No, you're not joining our group. That's not how this works. If you really wanted to join our group, you would have beat your father down with a steel chair." So the, the stage is set for Judgment Day to show him, tell him what he needs to do to truly join the group. Of course, the history of Dominic and Ray, there's a ton you could pull there. But the stage of, of MSG, no bigger stage to do it. No bigger time when they're celebrating Rey Mysterio's 20th anniversary. That's big, right? And of course, the Judgment Day there. Now... The only thing I would say that is putting a damper or a fly in the ointment on this whole thing is Edge is looming out there. Do they want to really do a two for one with the Judgment Day where Dominic turns heel and Edge returns? That's a lot to digest. But could they do it? Certainly. I think the stage is set. There's never been a better time for this to happen to happen than right now with Dominic. Do I do I think it's going to happen? probably not, but boy, I'd give it like a 60, 40, no, but 40% chance of yes. So that, that's what I'm thinking, but certainly that's the highest percentage I've thought of in my head that it could actually happen this week or, or rather uh, in what's today, Wednesday, as I record this five days, it could happen in five days at Madison square garden. I like it. I love it. And you also have to, it'll give you a clue too of the magnitude of what's going to happen in the segment they're about to show you. Based on the position of the show, for example, when they have a, a, a Raw Women's Championship match leading off the show, there's a extremely high likelihood of the championship not changing hands. Now, championships changing hands on regular TV doesn't happen very often. Sadly, it happens more often than it should. There's more championship matches as a whole than there should be. But when they position a championship match, for example, at the beginning of a show, you're like, yeah, well, that's uh, the they're trying to start the show off hot, but nothing's changing here. Right. And so the position of that segment with the, the celebration of Rey Mysterio is going to be very important to the magnitude of what they're going to do with that segment. Meaning if they have this as the main event of the show where Rey Mysterio is being celebrated and the, uh, the, the, the judgment day and all that, and, and come out and maybe beat him down. And you think Dominic's going to help him and he turns on Ray and then we get a, you know, an edge return then that that would warrant a main event of the show caliber type of uh, placement. But if this celebration of Rey Mysterio, which I believe is actually going to, aren't they doing a two on two match too? I think there's a tag team match here, but also it's the celebration of Rey Mysterio. So if, if this match takes place in like, you know, even the, 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 the two hour mark or the, you know, anywhere outside the main event, likely it's not going to be a huge, huge segment. So, uh, but, but good question, Kyle. I like it. 
And uh, let's see here. Oh, I'm sad that you can't go to the MSG show. That sucks. <laughs> Can you just tell work? Hey, listen, I've got raw in Madison Square Garden. Right? Can I just telework from there? I don't know what you do, but maybe just like, hey, uh, can I like, can I WebEx in or Zoom in to this? Can I work tele- uh, remotely somehow? <laughs> um, and your last question about MJF, TV14. So do I think that they are looking at TV14 or MJF and saying, oh man, we got to get him. So- we have to get him so badly that we're going to blow up our entire model of doing business to just get MJF. The answer is no. But do they look at that as a bonus that he could definitely come in in 2024 or sooner and come in and um, and just be himself and not have to have that PG cap on him? Certainly. They look at that as kind of a just a, a bonus side effect. But for them to throw all their eggs in one basket just for one talent to blow their whole model up, no. Plus the fact that, again, why would they do this? Now, if MJF's contract doesn't end until 2024, January 2024, granted, a year and a half. So the answer, short answer is no. But it'll be very advantageous for MJF when he comes to WWE that he won't have to be restricted and limited by that PG cap. So good stuff, Kyle. Love it. All right. Let's get to uh, the next voicemail. Hey there, Matt. This is Mr. Dennis McGinley. Heal the show. I uh, I don't tell him as well because of the camel face Eden Hog, Mister Cancel Wrestling fan himself. Uh, it's a he put me out. He put me in the hospital. Uh, but it's official. Adam Pierce made it official. Uh, uh, we have a match at SummerSlam against each other. Yes, that's right. Me and him in the ring, toe to toe. That's it. Uh, and for all you dumb nuts that don't know how to pay eight bucks for a PLE on Monday, you missed a good one. I pounded that son of a gun, a casual wrestling fan, around that ring and and took all his cockroaches and mantled them. Uh, so anyway, uh, have a good day, and I'll talk to you next time. Hey, Dennis, I love how you just spend like 95% of your, your voicemail insulting casual wrestling fan or whoever. And then at the end of your like, just, you know, have a great day. You know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, I, uh, so the, there is some light in you, um, but uh, certainly you are the heel of the show. And uh, yeah, hey, I want to be a witness to this, uh, this matchup with Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan. I, I would imagine that it's not a physical in-person matchup, although if it is, I... Maybe I should have you guys sign waivers that I didn't condone this or make it official, and it was Adam Pierce who did this. But if it's on WWE 2K22 or some kind of virtual format, I think that's the safer option. I would imagine that nobody's buying plane tickets to go meet up in some you know wrestling ring that somebody made. <laughs> so I don't know how real this is all getting, but it does intrigue me. So, all right. Uh, thanks, Dennis. Good stuff. Uh, you have a good day, too. And, uh, hey, I will talk to you, I'm sure, next week. Let's get to our final few voicemails here. Hey, man, it's Justin from Maryland. Hope all is well with you and the rest of the podcast family. Just want to get my thoughts on a couple of topics as we uh, get closer to SummerSlam. So first is, where do you see this Judgment Day and Mysterio storyline going? Because, you know, they're trying to turn Dominic against Ray, but we've been, we've been uh, asking for that for basically since Dominic came. So where do you... Uh, where do you see this going? Cause I heard I thought we were going to get Edge and Balor at SummerSlam or some kind of match with Edge in the Judgment Day, but SummerSlam is next week. I saw that Edge was supposed to be hopefully returning on Monday, but that's not and you know enough build for the match. So I just I just want to know where you think this is going. Um, should they just have Edge return 
and then just go ahead and have the match with Balor or just try to build the the uh, their match at a Clash of the Castle because I don't I don't really know like I figured if Ed was coming back he would have been back you know so if they have their match at SummerSlam like the bill is gonna be really small I mean you know we got a story but I feel like the build is gonna be really short because Ed's gonna come back literally the week of SummerSlam. Next is uh, Seth and Riddle. I'm glad that the match finally got announced for SummerSlam. Hopefully Seth wins. I think it's going to get a pretty good match. Um, I just hope Seth wins. Um, he's been getting victories over Ezekiel. doesn't really mean anything, but it's good that he's winning matches. So just hope that he defeats um, Riddle. And maybe he goes after the U.S. title. Because I feel like Lash is going to need some heels to go against probably KO, Seth, um, maybe Beer. But, yeah, just hope Seth wins. Um, Bianca and Becky, I thought that they were going to go for triple threat. But I think their match, uh, their one-on-one match is better, especially since what happened at last year at SummerSlam. So, I think Bianca is going to win. Um I don't know. I feel like we can get a double turn, but I just feel like it's not time to take the title off her yet. We still got Rhea coming back. I want to see Bianca go against Alexa Bliss also. I feel like if it's not Rhea, Alexa Bliss could be the one to take the title off her. But I think we're going to get a, uh, we're going to get a good match. And, um, yeah, uh, but little part go over. Finally, the Usos. Um, I don't know the finish. I kind of want to see Angelo Dawkins turn on Montez and Usos. Hey, Justin, you're once again a victim of the three-minute timer, but uh, you want to see Angelo turn on Dawkins? Yes. Angelo is a heel in the making. Montez Ford is a future WWE champion, period. End of subject. And do I think it's a little too soon, though, to turn Angelo on Montez or vice versa and have the three profits implode. I think it's still a little too early. I wouldn't lose my mind over it, but I think there's still a little bit more juice to squeeze out of this tag team. But ultimately, yeah, most, I mean, every tag team, every faction that's ever created is meant to break up. It's meant to create single stars because single stars are really where the, the, the true money's at, the true success is at. Um, now, you can be super successful as a tag team, but it's not very common. So, yeah. Uh, definitely want to see Montez Ford face Angelo and have Angelo be the, the heel. Angelo Dawkins is an obnoxious personality, I have to say. On on camera, he's obnoxious. In the ring, really good. Montez Ford in the ring, otherworldly. But Montez, or uh, rather Angelo Dawkins, is is just a natural heel. He's just obnoxious naturally, and that's a that's a compliment to him. So, uh, okay, are you oh you're happy about the triple threat with Bianca and Carmella and Becky not happening? It's just one on one. Totally agree. Now, could they do a double turn? They could. Do I think it's going to happen? I'd give it like a one in four chance. Now, if they did it, I think you have to keep Bianca Belair as champion. Have her do something that you've never seen her do before, where Becky pushes her to the absolute brink of losing and Bianca out of desperation does something heelish to win and people cheer, but are like, wait a minute. Right. And then Bianca holds up her championship and then Becky's sitting there just totally distraught in the corner. And then Bianca continues to beat her down viciously, you know, having Bianca just snap on Becky, even though she won the match and is still champion, Becky in, in her loss is still being beat down by Bianca. I could see it. I would love it. I want it. Give it to me. Do I think it's going to happen though? Probably not. So edge though, you're worried about the build that they're going to, that you'd like more time to build the story to clash at the castle. While in normal circumstances, I would agree. Here's the argument against that. Number one edge at SummerSlam is a bigger stage than edge at clash at the castle because it's a WrestleMania, the summer arguably their second biggest pay-per-view of the year. And you want edge in front of 60,000 people. And I'm sure edge wants to be in front of 60,000 people, but also edge is, is one of the few talents that can cram three weeks of content in a promo. He has that skill into a single promo. He has the ability to make you feel and make you want to see something instantly. Now, again, 
he can't make up for the lack of time, but he'll still make you want to see the match. He'd still make you pay to see that match. He's that good of a talker, that good of a promo that he can cram in multiple weeks of what you would have said into a single promo and still make it feel coherent and not rushed. He's that talented. So there is that. Um, but where do I think the Judgment Day is going? I mean, I've, that's kind of been the theme that you guys have been asking me over the last uh, you know 40 minutes here is you know what's happening with Judgment Day? What about Dominic turning heel, Edge coming back? One of these is happening, I think, on Monday, if not both. I would argue that the most likely is Edge returns Monday versus Dominic turning. Now, that doesn't mean I don't want to see it. I'd want both to happen, and I'd want the double turn with Becky and Bianca to happen at SummerSlam. I don't think we're going to get all three of our wishes. I think we're going to get one of them, and that's just Edge returning and kind of plain Jane. Um, not to say it's not going to be fun or see what his new character or altered or modified or evolved character is, but I think that's the most likely and safest bet and highest likelihood out of the three is that it's just the edge return, no Dominic turn, and uh, that's it. So, again, I would do all three, but uh, I ultimately I think, though, it's edge return. A 50-50 on Dominic, 60-40 rather, on Dominic turning on Ray, although it's a perfect setup and a hell of a story that they could have from SummerSlam to Mania. See, that's the other thing that I want to drive home. I'm glad I thought of this. I drove it home on the uh, the show with Anthony DeMarco I did last Monday, uh, talking about the current state of WWE. And it was about SummerSlam being the sometimes for at least a few feuds every single year, not every year, but most years, there's a couple of feuds that begin at SummerSlam and have a long story arc to WrestleMania. And this is one of those that they could do with Dominic and Ray. Hell, it's father, son, our first ever father, son tag team. They go back to 2004 with Eddie Guerrero, all that. There's a ton they could draw from. It'd be a fun, fun storyline. I think Dominic would instantly become more relevant and tolerable on the microphone. And, you know, so they could absolutely do that again. Also with edge, you know, there's so much that they could do. This is going to be a fun SummerSlam guys. I know that a lot of you and including myself at times have been a little bit down on it. There's so many potentials, right? John Cena appearing and uh, edge coming back Brock Lesnar and uh, Roman Reigns, of course. But you know, what about an appearance from Stone Cold? What about an appearance from the rock after Roman Reigns wins? What about that to tease a WrestleMania match? There's, There's so much. This is going to be a fun, fun SummerSlam. Now, if they do none of those things, it'll be an underwhelming SummerSlam. But I just I think that they know they have the palm in their that they have the fate of WrestleMania in their hands right now in terms of the main event. And I don't think that they will. They can't miss it, I hope. But um, yeah, so I think that's it. So thank you, Justin. Good points as always. And we will talk next week. Let's get to our final voicemail. Hello, WWE podcast. Hello, Matt. Alex, the French guy here, current European champion, as you know. So I wanted to talk about, like, two different subjects, but one is very quick, and it is about NXT. Actually, I heard that you – I don't know if you found yet um, someone to to make the NXT reviews. I would gladly uh, do it if I were watching NXT and if I were having – if I if I had uh, material, good voice recorders. But I have a feeling that NXT is going up and down these past few months, honestly, and since its creation. So Triple H made it something interesting by bringing, like, the indie guys and developing them. However, I have the feeling that WWE don't really know what they want to do with the product, with this product being NXT, as it's kind of different of the original product, but still with the same uh, idea to entertain and not to wrestle. With that in mind, that brings uh, to the end of the first subject. And second subject that I would like to discuss and most likely to question is uh, the direction of WWE actually in these past few weeks since we all know that the PG era is coming to an end, uh, I heard uh, recently, just an hour ago, uh, that uh, it could be on SummerSlam. However, WWE is also having uh, stars like Logan Paul obviously trying to attract a younger audience, 
and uh, the, also the other project of, and obviously they want to bring more young people to watch the product. So I don't have, I don't understand actually why is it that they want to bring an end to PG-14 and at the same time uh, bringing new young people to the product. If it's something developed, that could be very interesting. But if it's not, I don't understand the, the, the logic, actually. So that was all for me. Take care, Matt, and take care, WWE Podcast family. Alex, how you doing, man? NXT, yeah, I mean, as far as a, a, a new host, I'm still working on it. I have a couple of candidates that I am... Uh, I want to say interviewing because that sounds more professional. I'll say interviewing. Um, <laughs> sounds cool. Uh, but no, I, I, there are some uh, people out there that I am working with as, as a potential host for that show. Um, now, does it feel like WWE doesn't know what they want to do with NXT and it feels more entertaining than wrestling-y? Yes. I mean, that, that NXT is not meant to be a totally different product. It, it, at its roots, it when NXT was at its best, I think, was when it felt like it wasn't actually under the WWE umbrella. It felt like its own little counterculture for what WWE product, the main roster, has been putting out for years and years and years and years and years. And there was no competition. WCW obviously went under many years ago. There was no true real second place to go. And, and NXT, even though it was under the WWE umbrella, felt like it wasn't WWE. And that's what made it so great. It wasn't just the typical way that WWE presents wrestling. And now with Vince taking over that show, uh, we'll see how much longer he's in charge. But NXT 2.0 did nothing, I think, other than just make it feel more like Raw and SmackDown. And that's not what you want. That that's I mean, that's not a way to grow a brand. That just makes it feel like a third wheel rather than its own brand. And uh, that's how I feel anyway about it. But the direction of WWE, I mean... We're going to find out the, the TV 14 thing and your, your question about Logan Paul and he has a lot of younger viewers and all that. Yeah, he does. I mean, but don't forget, it's TV 14, not TV MA where it's 18 and over like 14 years old. I mean, you're, you're a you're, you just became a teenager. That's when I started watching wrestling. I got into it. And a lot of parents are OK with kids still watching wrestling because it doesn't even if it's TV 14 rating. It's not as vulgar or as brash or violent or sexual as a lot of other shows under that same uh, category, and especially the other shows of TVMA and all that. And plus, let's be honest, if kids kids are more savvy than their parents with watching wrestling or watching programming that their family uh, and, and parents don't want you to watch, they're more technology savvy. If they want to get around parent blockers or just use their friend's phone or whatever, they're going to find ways to watch it. Um, now... That's not to say that their parents won't be interested in watching it. I think a lot of the, the the purpose of this is to not just continue to build younger fans, which is a smart strategy. And what they part of the reason they went PG is to build a new generation of fans, but also is to not just worry about the younger fans, but bring back the ones that may have left. Bring back the people that in my generation, the elder millennials uh, that left after the ruthless aggression era and saw TV PG and saw how soft it was and said, eh, yeah, this is all kitty now. And it, uh, it's not the way it used to be. And a lot of people dropped off. A lot of people dropped off. And when they hear that WWE's going back to TV 14, maybe that'll bring some interest back. At least for those that left, maybe they'll peek their head back in and go, hmm, what's this all about? You know, and it, it won't last long, but it'll at least spike the ratings in the short term. And if they are successful in implementing TV 14 in a smart way, they'll retain some of those that, that new audience or bring back the older audience. So I, I think that's what it's about. It's it's about that, and uh, certainly it's it's. I think it's a good strategy. I like it. It's not going to be the Attitude Era again. I'm not expecting it to be the Attitude Era again. People forget that. Yeah, there was a lot more violence and and chair shots to the head. I really miss those. <laughs> if they, if they were safe, I'd really miss chair shots to the head. Uh, but the blood was there. Yes, the cursing when necessary was there. It felt more real. It didn't feel so manufactured from this like cartoon wrestling company at times. It felt like it was a gut level real. Uh, a lot of real programs going on, but they also had an all-star roster. You know, we don't have a Stone Cold Steve Austin right now. We don't have a Rock. We don't have Taker. We don't have Triple H. We don't have Kane. We don't have Chris Jericho, right? Like all these people that help build the Attitude Era into what it is, we don't have that. You know, we we can change the the TV rating. That's not going to do it. Fix everything. You know, so that's the one thing we all have to keep in mind. So. 
All right. Thank you, Alex. Thank you to everybody who called in and wrote in today. Probably the, the shortest mailbag show that we've had in quite a while. But uh, that's okay because in the next couple of weeks, I'd imagine things are going to ramp up in a big way with SummerSlam previewing and reviewing and, and a lot to talk about. There's no doubt about that. But next week, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan take over the show for the mailbag for the emails. So send in your emails. Patreon, uh, Patreon uh, uh, members can do that in the internal messaging system. But the rest of you, please continue to uh, consider joining us on Patreon because not only do you get priority placement right at the beginning of the show, but you also get the Discord server. And that's a great place to be for SummerSlam when you want to talk to people as the show is going on in real time, your reactions to what you're seeing and other people's reactions. And the, the interaction with real true wrestling fans is nothing like it. So that's a great place to be. It's a great community over there on the Discord server. And you get access to that for a dollar a month on top of hundreds of ad-free episodes. Uh, and so definitely worth, I think, a dollar. I mean, you know, <laughs> I can't make it lower, guys. I can't. So, uh, but anyway, definitely join us over there. Patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Get yourself ready for SummerSlam. And also at uh, our website, WWEpodcast.com. Go VIP and get the exact same ad-free experience on our website, along with video as well, for uh, just a couple of bucks a month. Or at Apple Podcasts, ad-free button is right there for 99 cents a month or $10 for the entire year. Can you beat that? Jeez, that's two months for free. So, all right, everybody, before I start this as an infomercial, I feel like I'm, you know, Ronco selling like, you know, uh, set it and forget it or something. But all right. Thank you, everybody, everybody for listening. I am done for the week, but I'll be back this weekend with your weekend review and then take a deep breath because next week is wall to wall SummerSlam preview review, double preview review. It's going to be crazy. So until then, thank you guys. And I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. So you don't miss a show or head to WWEpodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.